This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Mm. Meh. Textual healing. So, Brent, your home state, the governor of your home state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, basically said, come one fag, come all. She wants them all. right. She she, she said proudly that Michigan is a safe space for all LGBTQ plus people. As as she said this, a growing number of states, obviously, which as we've talked about on this podcast before, are passing legislations that um, impact the rights of queer people and trans people and drag queens, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Michigan is enacting protections for the LGBTQ plus community, um, something the state leaders take great pride in. Now, I want to yeah. throw this out there before that Michigan is not the only state, sorry, Brent, that is doing this, but also states like Colorado, oh, New, York, you. New Jersey, Illinois, California, and in fact, in Louisiana, which is a Republican <clears throat> state, but it does have a Democratic governor, um, John Bell Edwards, said that he'll veto the anti-LGBTQ legislation that's being pushed through the Republican-dominated legislator. Of course, that doesn't really mean much because they could easily overturn his veto and pass the law if they want, but whatever. Um, what I will say, I think the kicker with a lot of these things is that a, a governor, a sitting governor can say or do or pass whatever they want that is protecting LGBTQ plus people in those states, but it doesn't really change anything because in the next, if a Republican gets in there and they want to go against those orders, they can just go against those orders and do something new. So what actually does change the laws in states is adding lgbtq plus rights and and to the civil rights act of their state's constitutions there's language that you can add to your state constitution that would forever doesn't matter who the governor is protect lgbtq plus people and also the one thing that's missing from a lot of these states is the conversation around protections for housing protections for employment protections for access to health care all of these mm -hmm. things so yeah i love politicians getting out there being like come give me a hug homosexual but i also would really love if they could then give that person a hug and then give them, I don't know, a job, a place to live, a safe space to get the health care, things like that. Yeah, Michigan had a very famously uh, good midterm in 2022 where uh, Gretchen Whitmer won by about 10 points. And we actually won the state in the House in the in the, in the Michigan legislature for the first time in a long time. So it's definitely been good. And I, I think they've passed some good, reasonable legislation. 
um, <clears throat> that I followed. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's, you know, this, this, you know, knee jerk reaction against, I would say in particular trans rights right now, obviously trans and drag rights um, that's sort of spreading mostly amongst uh, red states. But I, I think that's ultimately something that won't last uh, indefinitely um, that, 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 <clears throat> that Republican um, conservative reaction, I should say, uh, won't won't last forever. But you know, it's it's always nice to be reminded that there are progressive states or swing states or moderate states that are passing affirming legislation or or uh, creating affirming messages to to LGBTQ plus people. Yeah. Well, aren't you proud of proud to be a Michigander? I've actually always been proud to be Michigan, and that's that's why when Michigan voted for Trump in 2016, it was so it was so upsetting to me because. I've always taken pride of the fact that Michigan is like a reasonable, moderate state. We are the only state yeah. that never had the death penalty. Excuse me. <laughs> um, but like, you know, Michigan has voted Democrat for every election except for 2016 since 1992. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a it's a decent state. We also we also I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. We also put uh, abortion rights in our constitution by a 57 percent margin. Uh, in twenty in twenty twenty two, so we've made so some that's what bold means steps. Doing that with queer like rights for queer people, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's there are things that can be done that would actually dramatically impact the rights of lots of different marginalized communities in the states just by adding a simple language, simple simple bit of language into the state's constitution, which already exists there for lots of other. Oftentimes, in states, there's the rights for disabled people. There's rights for they have protected rights for different classes of people, and they just need to add in a certain marginalized group, and it would do a lot of good. I will say to Michigan, Michigan is going is is great right now. And I remember when I was in Missouri and I was like working and volunteering in politics and stuff, and it was genuinely a purple state when I was there. And then over the yeah. last twenty years, it's become just another hard, hard right, hard right, state. yeah. And it's so sad to see because like. Not that long ago, there were people like Claire McCaskill who were able to get elected to the Senate in Missouri by by a large portion or get elected governor or whatever it is. And it was genuinely a purple state. And I kind of prided myself coming from a purple state because I, I like yeah. I liked the idea of sort of like people having to work together from different parties and like trying to come yeah. to sort of like I liked that. And now it's just sort of like all Trump Republican, except for, of course, in cities like Kansas City and St. Louis and parts of Columbia. Yeah. Um, well, you you never know, though. I mean, I think I think on the federal level, I think a state like Missouri will not be electing any Democrats for the Senate for quite some time. But, you know, we have there's a, a Democrat in office right now in Kentucky. There's a Democrat in office in Louisiana and Georgia. You know, I, when it comes to when it comes to governorships, it's a you know, you know better than I. It's a little different. So, um, you know, I, I hope that trend continues in all states that I, I do think it's important to see some um some folks of all stripes um, elected to to these powerful offices. Even even honestly, I'll say it. Even in deeply blue states, I think sometimes it makes sense to to kind of shock the system because I think sometimes when you only have one one party rule, it, it you know it, it tends to 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 kind of devolve into sometimes you know just a, doing things that appease the most extreme base. And I think I think people can kind of get out of uh, legislators and leaders can can kind of get out of step with what their constituents actually want when they're too focused on you know 
being uh, the most high profile liberal in the legislature that year or something. So what you're saying is you would have supported Arnold Schwarzenegger for governor. What I'm saying is I voted for Larry Elder oh. for governor and I just donated a thousand dollars in your name. I, Mike Pence's I, presidential I, campaign. The day Brent Sullivan donates or even donates upwards of $500 to anyone in my name, <laughs> I will actually get your name tattooed on me. I will. Where, where, where will you get, where will you get ever, my name tattooed? I mean, probably my booty, yeah, probably my booty hole because that's your favorite, <laughs> that's your favorite part of the body to talk about. Not even joking. So we are joined this week by a, a good, dear friend of the podcast, someone we've all known for well over a decade, one of the most talented writers and comedians I know. Everyone, please put your hands together for Sean O'Connor. Hey, Sean. <laughs> Hi. That was I'm imagining incredible. someone driving trying to clap right now. I'm just like, oh, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> She, uh, huh. my, my my favorite thing about Sean, though, is that we have lots of friends who have done our podcast, but there's never been, we've never had a friend who absolutely insisted on doing it. And Sean, <laughs> over the course of like several months, would be like, why haven't I been on your podcast? It is a wild, <laughs> I mean, it's true because we've known, I mean, all of us collectively have probably known you for like, I mean, almost 20 years at this point. Oh, yeah. Almost uh, almost 20 years. I, I know Brent doesn't want to date himself. That's why he said <laughs> a, a, a little over a decade. I stoked <laughs> over it. But, but no, yes, I, I'm very annoying. And I really, really wanted to do the pod. Because like Brent was just like talking about the podcast and being like, it's just the best. Like I'm having the greatest time ever. And I'm like, why am I not invited? <laughs> right. well, I'm glad Sean, it's Sean is a good friend. He has, he has a, a an adorable, what, five-year-old. Yeah. He uh, just turned six. He did six. just turn yeah, yeah, six. Yeah. But... And, and Sean and I have been going to Vegas together. Uh, we've gone Brent, to Vegas a couple times. What's Sean's child's name? Oh, I mean, first of all, first oh my of all, god, oh my god, first of all, it's it's absurd that you would ask me as if I don't know. Uh, second of all, you still have an answer. I, I, I actually, Odin, <laughs> it is not, it is not Odin. Is, uh, I, I don't care about mythology, I would never name him Odin. Uh, that's John Gemberling's son. Wait, what is Sean? What's your son's name again? I'm blanking. I'm... Nolan, you held Nolan. his hand. I you know. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> your son <sighs> is so. We actually went to the Coca Cola tasting experience. In oh, Las I've Vegas. done that. We I've had, done. That. We we ordered sodas from all around the world, and we wow. all sampled them uh, with Nolan, and it was actually. I had... Very I had an experience of a Chinese, I believe they were Chinese, Chinese tourist who I, I drank some disgusting soda from like somewhere in the world. And I, I made <laughs> and I made this face like, oh, and this Chinese guy <laughs> like died laughing, being like, it's gross. There were a few that were disgusting. I assume that this podcast is mostly about the Coca-Cola experience. We've all done it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> we just go through all 18 every week. Yeah. Um, so huge in Atlanta. This is like the biggest podcast in Atlanta. <laughs> so Sean, I, I want to brag about you for a second. You are 
you are the comedian. Um, you know, we all know a lot of comics and I've met, I've known a lot of comics in my life and you are the comedian who, when you are in public or in a group, you are so on mm. that you make everyone laugh constantly. And it's, it's literally made me jealous on multiple occasions. And that, that's not who I am. And I, I'm comfortable with that. Oh, you're a jealous like, person. I have got, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> No, he I, means I being like, on. I'm not, I'm not like the on guy, but yeah. we've, we've been to like Super Bowl parties where you will have people laughing for the entire two and a half hours and I'll leave being like, I'm giving up comedy. I'm done. I yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to try to make you feel better. It is something that I'm working on with Dr. Julie Brown and South Pasadena <laughs> to stop doing that. I want to be, be a regular person uh, and it's really hard for me. It is a Harley Brown as a therapist now? This is not the downtown one, and it's not, you know, like, uh, classic new wave icon, that Julie Brown. No, this is just a a third Julie Brown. I call Mm -hmm. her Dr. Julie Brown. She's maybe, I hope she isn't listening, she is not helping the most. (laughs) But it's nice to to know you have a therapist in Pasadena, because that's where they should be. Yeah, they right. should be. You yeah. should have to travel a, yeah. like a like a like a hardy distance. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. But no, I want right. the t- being on things. I remember I used to get that all the time. People saying how like I'm always on in public and like I'm always, but I never really like it. I never felt like I was. I always just felt like I was just being like a social. You're a good conversationalist. You're a very yeah, social exactly. person. Yeah. But people have, have commented on me just being on. And is that like, is that something that you've like gotten a lot over the years, Sean? It was. I used to get it a lot more. And then now I think as I've gotten older, people just refer to it as being annoying. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I think, I think being in like Zoom writers rooms has, uh, has quieted me down a lot. But when I used to be in person, I was so yeah. fucking annoying. I wouldn't stop talking. I would yeah, Make so I, all about me. I, I will say I find that um, when it comes to, I mean, this is not just a writer's room, but any group on Zoom, I feel like it actually in uh, uh, requires somebody who is a comedian or somebody, you know, and anybody in this type of situation to be so uncomfortable with silence that it makes it worse. And I find Zoom zoom writers rooms but also any zoom group thing in general to be excruciating when there's silence and and i and i prefer being in in person say i like being in person but i also you know i do i i do hate when other people are getting uh, attention where i'm like i should like that like that (laughs) those months where we were banging pots and pans for all of the the frontline workers (laughs) were is awful for me i had to like make comments to get people to pay attention to me <laughs> oh my god that's yeah. the difference between yeah. us that is so funny wait wait tell us real quick before we before we move uh, on the pandemic you no, want to know about it? no tell me about no dr julie brown what's going wrong why is your therapist so lackluster you know i think she's fre- she just uh i guess she just became a doctor it was like uh she was already <laughs> seeing me for like six months when she became a doctor like they yeah. do like a ceremony or whatever but I-, I noticed that she does like i've talked to my wife and like when she's telling me about her therapy sessions there's like actual like work being done and dr julie brown a lot of the time just goes hmm that sounds tough 
yeah no i know that's why i'm breaking it up here right right (laughs) i i'm not a fan of the i i want a therapist who is willing to you know aggressively remind me what like some inconsistencies or what i'm doing wrong Mm -hmm. the therapists that sit there and say you know how but how do you feel you're like the therapists that want to chart your your parent your grandparents and like where they moved i had a therapist once who was like so where'd your grand? Where was your grandma born? I don't give a fuck. Like, like there's yeah. got to be other yeah. shit we can talk about so that I can figure out why I don't like. You're like, my shirt I off haven't taken my strangers. shirt off, and oh my god, you finished the sentence for <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> I literally finished it. Finished it. I like you. a therapist that just kind of yells at me and tells me what to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, I need that. That's that's what I want. I I mean, like, I want like that. Uh, second euphoria pandemic special where it was just a therapist and hunter and i want that experience i want i want a therapist who's call me out of my shit and then i'm like what fine yeah right, i can't right. get hard like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh i do i do want to i, I want to bring this up because i had a moment with you shauna um uh a, about a year ago i think that was just one of these moments where you're like, now I, I, I knew we were always friends, but now you're, you're almost like a soulmate. We were at a party and Sean, you and I both like baseball. And when I watch baseball, I watch it very passively. I'm doing other shit. It's just kind of white noise in the background. And, uh, but about a year ago, I started looking up certain players that I enjoyed on Instagram and seeing if they followed Democrats or Republicans to oh, see if brother. see how they see their political allegiances. And I just assumed I was the only one in the world who did this. And at a party, I overheard Sean O'Connor talking about which Mets were Democrats. And I was like, my mind was blown. And then we got together and we compared notes and we talked about how like all of the Democrats and MLB, by the way, there's like 12 of them. Yeah, and it was just <laughs> yeah. so much fun. It was so much fun. Do you remember that, Sean? Oh, my God. I, I love it because I never get to talk about that. I have like four friends in New York <laughs> that I like DM with. And everyone is always like, we're basically doing the McCarthy hearings for baseball right. players. But <laughs> right. trying to identify. <laughs> but like, <laughs> right. there's it's few and far between. I mean, like uh, this week, uh, there was like the, the Mets had their pride night. And there's like one player that has been like, basically the face of pride night and like as soon as june 1st hit he like posted how excited he was going to be uh that pride night is coming to city field and everything they did that night was all just about this one player and i'm like i wish there was more players who like came up and like like i got your back and like i guess like three other players who i know are at least left leaning if not just like uh, and left leaning could mean like they're not alt right, they're just right. right, right. Uh, like, like, <laughs> like, they they at least put on like the the rainbow Mets shirt, yeah. but like Mark Canna is like so oh, incredible and like right. came from uh, the Oakland A's where he was just like one of the only players there who like was fighting for this. Uh, it was just nice that he's there and like. But I yeah. but, like listen, I'm. Like I'm gay and I'm happy for Mark Canna, but I don't I don't want to put on a rainbow shirt. Yeah, like, yeah right. I have pride, but I'm like, listen, I'm I'm so glad that Mark Canna has pride is not gay, right? Yeah, is I not no, he's not. No, gay. no, 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 no. Right, like he's an ally with pride, and I love that. But I'm also like, it's a 
like just showing some sense of hum- human <laughs> like well, uh, and acceptance and not being a monster about it and being like cool that, like, with it is these people these games i mean especially with a lot of the sports pride stuff they think that if you support pride this is just sort of the logic that i think if you support pride or you wear a rainbow thing you're automatically like supporting something radical left and and all of these things and i'm just like well no we have we have a women's history month we have a black history month we have these months that recognize yeah. the achievements of these americans that's all it is that is literally all yeah. it is what is the problem i guess it's just that now it's like you know comparing notes of like this year to last year it's like well it does last year the, the sort of corporate what do they call it Corp- rainbow pride or like rainbow know. capitalism or whatever yeah. like uh-huh. that was yeah. i was exhausted by that like it felt so um empty you know and this year it has obviously been weaponized and politicized you know for better or worse so i don't want to uh poo poo it but like so like thank you to mark um, yeah yeah but honestly I mean, i'm also like i'm not i i have pride i just don't need i don't like rainbows uh, it, it was pretty wild because we went to the dodgers pride game last year and like and mm. like there was no protest it was like no. yeah. jojo jojo siwa throughout the first pitch i didn't need to say that part but i just genuinely <laughs> no no, no you did <laughs> yeah. i'm glad you did I so love like, people say her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys been to Siwa's dance studio in Burbank? No. You know what? I, I haven't been there yet. Have you? <laughs> I've dr- I've driven past it a bunch, and I'm like, I'm I so want Nolan to take a dance class from a Siwa. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, do you, <laughs> so do you ever? Um, I feel like that's going to replace the Richard Simmons used to have like a his Simmons Slimmons studio. Slimmons, Joe yeah. Joe Siwa's yeah. dance studio is going to replace Simmons Slimmons now in L.A. Cold. Okay. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sean, do you ever feel like, or would you ever say that you? I don't know how to word this. Like Nolan, your son is used for bits. Hmm. You know, I say that I don't say that with judgment. I say that being like, I would probably do that. I it's this weird thing where I feel like my wife, uh, uh, she has been very good at not allowing Nolan to be used for bits. And I remember (laughs) so so funny and Nolan, I'm sure is so funny. He's so funny. And I really do want to like occasionally like he'll say something and I'll like tweet about it, but I'll never put it on video. Mostly just like, yeah. And like, listen. I get where Aaron's coming from, but she was like, also like when we got married, she was like, no bits at the wedding. Cause like we went to like one comedian's wedding and the whole thing was a joke. The whole thing was <laughs> a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, not absolutely good. not. We have to be regular people. And I think, <laughs> I think she just wants me to change. Is yeah. What yeah. Uh, the other thing, before we move on from baseball, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, and this is an, another endearing Sean O'Connor quality is that, um, I have never known a, another straight person who is as eager to talk about which baseball players are attractive with me, which is, of course, half the fun for me. I have these whole lists of all these guys that I want to snuggle with, and no one ever wants to talk about it because my gay friends don't watch baseball, and my, my most of my straight friends don't really notice that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is beautiful. <laughs> and Sean, literally on our car rides to Vegas, 
we will like spend an hour going through yeah. who's attractive because, in MLB. Because it's very obvious who's attractive. Because <laughs> like a like a lot of the players are from the south, and they have like permanent tobacco dip lip. Right. So right. they're like ne- they're so ugly because so, of that. Yeah. But then occasionally you'll get a player like Jacob Degrom or like uh, who's from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Who's just beautiful, and you're right. like, he's the hot guy on the team. You gotta, you gotta. You're like, who has right. all the power in that locker room? You need right. to know. Right, it's always gonna be the hot guy. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's one of these weird things about straight culture where straight people pretend like they don't understand what good looking is. If yeah, it's, if it's within the same unless gender. it's unless it's Brad Pitt. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Like that's like yeah. the one guy. The whole Pedro, not Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Wait, what's his name? What's his name? Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. obsessing over him now too, which I think he's attractive, but I wouldn't say hot. I, I honestly, the first couple times you see Pedro Pascal's face, it's kind of jarring. It feels yeah. like too new. It's like a new <laughs> tech. Yeah. Where like, but then like you get, you settle into it. But like the first time I saw him was in like the Kingsman sequel. And I'm like, this guy is like Uncanny Valley. Yeah. And then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But He's now so charming. I'm like, He's yeah. just charming. Yeah, that's Wait, it. Though. Wait, Sean, who is like, who's your top three in base? Who's the most attractive baseball Back to player baseball. right now? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I mean, Jacob deGrom is like, I think just like, like really hot. Uh, he's like, (laughs) he's just got like a, he's got like a perfect jawline. And I think that does. He's very handsome. Yeah. I think I'm very basic in terms of what I'm looking for. Yes. And that's okay. Wait, what about Francisco Lindor? Don't you have a crush on him too? Oh my God. His smile. He's got a great smile. Oh my God. He's got a great smile. He has like fun hair. That's like right. kind of the only attractive meds. Uh, right. Because everyone else kind of has like an opie face. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of other players that I think are like, I mean, like, my wife and I kind of agree that Dansby Swanson on the Chicago Cubs is right. a right. hunk, super anti vax. But right. uh, yeah. <laughs> not everyone can be. Perfect. Oh, he's. Hey, not, he not, is, not he everyone is a, can be. Not everyone can be. Dansby is a hunk. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's like, I mean, like, truly, he looks like he'd be on the OC and he'd be a great rival for Ryan. Right. Uh, which is what I'm <laughs> basically what I'm looking for in a guy is who can stand toe to toe with Ryan from the OC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, now, I, 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 oh, go ahead, Elliot. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna ask if Sean notices their like like baseball butts and bodies, or it's just oh, yeah. face, and that would be perfectly fine. I'm just curious. Well, there's a few players, very specifically catchers, that like they're known for having bubble butts. butts. <laughs> yeah, and there's a guy, I can't remember his nickname, but he's on the Seattle Mariners, Cal Raleigh, who has a nickname that's all about his butt because it's just so muscular and big. <laughs> there is something about baseball players, I, and maybe it's just because I like lost my virginity to a guy who was like big in baseball, like he was like a baseball player. And so maybe that's always just sort of like an early fetish of mine, but there is something about a yeah. baseball player's body that like, screams like hot but also i don't care about it like i love it they're like they're like hot but they also don't feel like they take care of themselves at the same time exactly there's that there's that like weird in between because like nba players and football players like when you see like them like they're so jacked 
Yeah, yeah. like baseball yeah. players. They come in all shapes and sizes. All shapes and yeah. sizes. You know they. You know they. You know that they they literally could like open a, a bottle with their ass, but at the same time they've ate a hot dog. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 it's like the same, <laughs> the same thing. Right. Exactly. For the record, just for the record, uh, I'm sorry, Brent. I just want to say for the record, Cal Raleigh's name is the Dumper. The, yeah, dumper. the dumper. Oh, all right. Thank you for looking that up. I did not know his nickname. Big, um, du- sorry, big dumper. Yeah. Big dumper. Yeah. Well, He's got a big well, we, butt. We don't want to give Elliot a semi, so we're going to move on from that. But um, <laughs> wait, no, uh, hold on. I remember you and I. I don't know if it, maybe it was you and I talking in New York years ago about how people used to confuse you for being gay. Did that ever happen a lot to you in New York? In New York, uh, especially in my early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, I, I think I, I don't I don't really get it, but like I, I people have constantly referred to anytime I've ever done anything on TV, get a lot of tweets. Uh, <laughs> where they're, they're like, oh, you have a wife. Weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I talk with my hands a lot. I don't know. <laughs> no, there's a there's a you're you're a soft man. Like you're yeah. you're not a scary. There's no like you're not threatening. You're not like trying to be hyper masculine. You're not afraid of your masculinity. Right. So there's a softness to you that I think a lot of like our friends yeah. have. But of course, like if people are threatened by that or they don't get it, and they just they're gonna be they're gonna call you gay. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I also used to just cry a lot in New York. So yes. I, oh sure, people, yeah. I like, think I've seen you cry a lot. I yeah. cry. I would cry at Rafifi like once a <laughs> <Right>. week. Like, <laughs> you know, like just you know, just a truly stable human being. <laughs> yeah. So b- before we go, I do want to talk about um, the the one of the curveballs. You're as we've discussed during this uh, conversation. You're a very open and, and gay friendly uh, straight guy, and your parents, uh, Sean, are extremely conservative. Oh, uh, but their best friend is a gay man, twenty years their junior, what? and yes. for like a decade they do everything together. Everything. Tell, Sean, like, tell us about this. All right, so it's base. It's it's very. it's it's crazy so basically what happened i moved to new york and then my mom becomes so my mom's best friends throughout her entire life have always been gay men like uh her best friend in high school is this guy billy McHugh, uh who was just wonderful he's like always present and then like when he moved away uh my mom didn't really have like a best friend for a few years and then i guess that's where i i I guess i filled that hole and (laughs) like i uh, for some i have uh the most of my therapy is working through my mom issues with my mom right. uh because we were comically too close mm. and uh so then i moved to new york and my mom becomes best friends with her co-worker fort and as i'm going home less and less i moved to la fort becomes just re- my replacement <laughs> like he is with I, I he is at their house every night he's like constantly like when they go out of town, he watches their dogs. And then every summer for two weeks, they go to P-Town with him. And, oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, they just hang out with, like, him and his friends. And, like, my parents are so conservative. Last time I was home in New Jersey, we got into a massive fight about Tucker Carlson. Because my mom was like, they took him off TV because he was, uh, they're, they're uh, worried he's going to tell the truth. Oh, my God. And, but their best friend is Fort. And Fort is, like. Honestly, he's the sweetest guy. He's like, but buys Nolan uh, birthday and Christmas gifts every 
time. He was like oh, at my okay. wedding, even though I met him two times. <laughs> right. uh, but my mom was like, he has to be at your wedding. Like he wow. is. Is he, how, like, how, is he Republican? Yeah. I think he might be. He's at least, I will say, and like, I hope he doesn't listen to this. He, he might be he might be the dumbest guy alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at my wedding, I feel like you and Lewis Peitzman were very obsessed with how I knew this person. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But wow. that's why my mind is blown. That is that, that is like it's my dad is like he like uh, you know, he's like a he's a big man, and like every time I'm at home, he has like a new P Town shirt on with yeah. all of the like all of the bars, and I'm like, I cannot believe yeah. they make it's that like, in six XL. Like, right. But it's weird because it's like imagining him. It's like they're like secret agents if they're like being in P Town. That's like they're they're secret agents. Oh my god, and they love it. Like they love it so much, and like that is the one thing that I'm like so uh impressed with at least for them is they are not like they're like going to drag shows and stuff like that and like yeah. you know they're not shooting anyone look that is absolutely a form of allyship and obviously you know in a perfect world they would agree with with how i dictate that they vote but but this is not a perfect world and and you know, I certainly would take someone who will go to drag shows and 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 spend two weeks in P Town with their gay best friend over not. Yeah, know? the yeah, irony is that they'll do it before Brent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the truth. Are you? Have you never been? I've actually never been to P Town. I have been to drag shows. The only drag shows I care about are Alan, Sadie Pines, obviously. Um, I've never been to P Town. My brother and sister in law have gone. Uh, several I times, love P Town. I, I prefer P Town over um, Fire, Fire Island. Island. Yeah. It's just yeah. P Town's just so much more. It's almost like I I, I liken it to like P Town is Judy Gold and uh, Fire Island <laughs> is like Mario Castone. What's his name? Mario. Who's the uh, Mario Castone? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I, the difference. I, you know. I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, like P Town's quaint. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. With, yeah. With like a little bit of an edge to it. You know what I mean? There's like a yeah. little bit of something to it. Unfortunately, everything I know about P-Town is from my parents and then also that season of American Horror Story that was set in yes. P-Town yeah. where there were vampires there in the fall. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you are just one of my favorite people in the world. You're so funny. You are such a great ally. Thank you for your allyship. So thank you for doing the podcast. And where can our listeners follow you on the internet? Um, you know, I think I'm just going to say Blue Sky. I think I'm sticking with Blue Sky now. It's <laughs> at Sean O'Conn's. I think I'm done with Twitter. Uh, yeah. Do I got really upset this weekend on Twitter, and I, I, I think I'm done. All right. All right. Do you want to yeah. tell, I mean, do you want to vent about, are you okay? Is everything all right? I mean, I'm just, I'm really, I really hate RFK Jr. so much. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I think he looks like the devil. Yeah. And and you know, as somebody who went to Catholic school, you've got to be weary of people. Got to be weary of people that look like the devil. I agree, yeah. Sean. Yeah. Um, well, everyone, find Sean on Blue Sky, wherever, whatever the fuck that is. And, <laughs> uh, and thank you so much. And a
another thing. So I wanted to get your take on this, guys. I was chatting with a gentleman recently. Elliot, you're on mute. Why are you on mute? Why? Because he's chewing. Because he's munching away while we record the podcast. Last last time we recorded, you know, he literally couldn't make eye contact. We found out after the fact that he was on this like bizarre like opiate cough syrup, and he was like high. So, so he was, he was refusing eye contact. And whenever I berated him for it, he'd be like, what's the deal, man? And then come to find out he was like stoned. And now he's on mute because he can't stop stuffing he's his away. face. He's munching away. And I'm not talking on, you eating, not talking on videos. Eating? We're talking munching food. What are you eating, Elliot? <laughs> he's still chewing. Oh my God. Still chewing. He's getting those 26 chews in. <laughs> Greek food. Oh, Greek food. Oh, nice. He's turning red. Honoring your people. He's going to choke. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're supporting my people. That's right, Elliot. <laughs> so I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you guys a question. I was chatting with a guy on Grindr, and we chatted for, oh, the better part of a, of a day, and then um, we discussed potentially meeting up, and, you know, and he actually seemed on board. It turns out he we lived too far away from each other to meet but we ended up swapping our uh, Instagram handles because I always do that every once in a while. I, you know, you're like, oh, maybe it's I don't know, maybe it's a good connection, and so, um, so it's worth chatting. You over added the, him the on long your term, your laptop. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I went to I went to his handle, his Instagram URL on my laptop, and I clicked follow, <laughs> and I discovered that he was not only married, but he had two young children like wow. two or three years of age. And I was <clears throat> at first, so my obvious instant instinctual reaction was uh, like weirded out. Cause I'm like, it's just, it all just kind of boils down to this. And, and, and uh, all right. So let me just say it. If my dad spent an hour or two a day uh, on Grinder while I was young, instead of being a present father or or, <laughs> or working the job that he did to 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 uh you know pay for the house and food, then my entire life would have been different. And I guess, in a weird way, there was some judgmental part of me that's like, you have kids, they're young. Why are you on Grinder chatting with someone who happens to be live two hundred miles away from you about a meetup? Don't you have diapers to change? Isn't there something you could be doing right now? Like, what? What? What is your thought, guys? What? What do you think, Elliot? You have more uh, experience at this. Yeah, I, I'm. I would be. I would be as like. I guess it's not sh shocking. It's just definitely surprising to be like, oh, you. To I guess to talk for that as long as you did, and for him not to mention. That he's married. Yeah, him not yeah. mentioning it was a strange thing. No, uh, no. Uh, let me be fair. He he did say he was in an open relationship, so I did have that that he was married. He didn't mention the uh, or or, but he did not mention the kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I guess it's it's being you know talking to somebody who was like, oh, I'm open. I'm in an open relationship. It is still a little different from married, but. I don't know. It, yeah. You know, everyone seems to be in an open relationship these days. So I guess right. I don't, that doesn't make me blanch per se, but um, <laughs> the having two kids is like, 
oh wow that, that like two two kids with your partner yeah i would i think i'd have a similar reaction where i, I wouldn't want to and you're not i know you're not jumping to you know conclusions or, or really judging him per per se but like you're like these are just knee-jerk reactions that i think i would have too where i'm like oh you're talking to me like yeah i mean yeah you, don't, I don't know his circumstances, what do you, you think, know, Alan? in the moment. But. It doesn't, I mean, it definitely is a unique situation because I don't feel like that is the norm. You don't, I mean, you know, I'm, I don't know the numbers on statistics of parents and stuff, but like, it's probably very, very low for queer people, for two men at least, to be parents and then you meet in a hookup like that. Like, that's probably very, very rare. And so I would be surprised, and I'm surprised that he didn't bring up the children in the beginning of like because if you have an open relationship well then just be open about your relationship and talk about who you are in your life and what you do what you do for work you're, you know what i mean like that's all a part those are big factors in your life and so that's a surprise but i don't think i would be put off necessarily by it because like i think one of the things that especially as you know we get older and we have friends that have kids and stuff and mm-hmm. you know we we don't necessarily not see them like we don't see them in a different light necessarily because they're As non-sexual beings exactly because right? yeah. they're just parents they're just there are friends who happen to have kids and they're still going to do the things that they want to do and stuff and so like it doesn't have a different outlook on parenting on parent. so here's here's the flip side of it uh that i literally discovered as we started having this conversation i have chatted with two guys in the last six months on hinge both of whom are parents. Maybe the one the- came came out very oh, late. Uh, what'd you say, Alan? The sign. The world is telling <laughs> you need to be a father. Yeah, maybe, maybe. The <laughs> one came out very late and he had three children with his ex-wife and is raising them. They're obviously co-parenting in separate houses. And one had a child via IVF and is raising it as a single dad. Now, of course, I didn't judge these guys in the least. I, in fact, I found it endearing qualities. They're clearly committed loving people yeah. and they both are very were very mature and reasonable and and all those things so so it's like so as i make this argument i think the operative concern is i don't i obviously i don't judge anyone who is a sexual being who also happens to have children at home yeah. it's that maybe someone Maybe my brain was saying someone who's wasting their time on Grinder, which we all know is just mostly just bullshit. Well, see, but that's it. That's just it. And that that this is where your judgment comes in, because you're applying your own thoughts on Grinder to how he uses Grinder, which very, very, very well be maybe not how yeah. he looks at Grinder. He probably looks at Grinder in the same way you do as Hinge or Tinder or whatever the other ones are in that. It's just a means of being able to connect with people in a sexual way, in a very convenient or, sex. Or, or a non-sexual way. Like or that, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. to your point, it's like, it's so subjective. And I, and I always forget that. And maybe you forget that too. It's like, oh, right. Like the way that we use it or you, I mean, even we use it differently where it's like, or how you feel I, I don't know. Yeah, how you feel maybe, about it is, yeah, can be reasons. so subjective that for right. him, you know, whether or not he's, you know, with his kids or not with his kids or on his own time, whatever the case may be, it's like he might be thinking of it as completely, you know, uh, um, uh, a, a throwaway thing. Like it's completely, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, simple, you know, simple and silly and and, and not serious. Whereas mm-hmm. you 
might be the opposite, which you're not. But I guess you just that's the part of it. It's like we can't know what yeah. or how he contextualizes it. You can't assume how you contextualize it unless you ask. He thinks of it as yeah. like it's dumb just as much I, as there's. I don't, I don't know. I just I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine being a young parent and having my partner say to me, oh, hon, I'm sorry, I can't change a diaper right now. I'm sending a stranger a pick up a pick of my tootie hoe. <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah, you just, not you just doing don't, like, like, like that's the thing. Like, you know, you don't know you don't. And this is this is sort of what we talked about. I don't know if it was this episode because we're recording both two episodes in one day. So now I'm confusing where we were, but it was like, we were talking about with, with dating and sort of the rules we set about the types of people we date and where they live and all of these things. And it's like, you can't put your own outlook into right. other person that you're seeking's outlook because they don't think the way you do. You can only respond to how they respond. And so like, you can't you just can't be judging him on things that yeah are only because of how you look at the world like but maybe, what you can do, what you but, can do is acknowledge that if you were the, if you were married and had two kids you most likely even if you were in an open relationship you would most likely have those feelings about yourself if you were doing what he's doing and there's yeah. no there's nothing wrong with that yeah. I, I definitely, I de yeah, I, I guess, and and it's a perfectly fair point. Everyone uses it differently. I just have enough memories in my life of when Grinder distracted me so significantly from whatever, whether I was at work, whether I was at an event, whether I was at a birthday party. And I just, the thought of like, you know, having two, two two-year-olds or whatever, toddlers kind of crawling around and you're, you're looking at your phone and sending me pictures of your tootie hoe or whatever <laughs> during it. Then and I, yeah, I guess, I guess well, um, you're, you're he might be using it differently, yeah. but I also will stand by that assessment that I think it's, it's well, pro also, probably a better way that you could live your life. Are those bad experiences the result of Grinder, or are they a result in the way you interact with Grinder? And that no, those bad experiences were when I was distracted by Grinder. Yeah, and, but that's what I'm saying is it's like how you. You grinder, and so you can't put that on him. You can put your own value system of what you want in another person. If you don't think someone should be having children and on grinder, well, that's a value system that you can obviously make that judgment. But yeah, if you're wanting to pursue things, you can't hold how you look at grinder up to how you he has to look. The, he has to have the same outlook. That that would be absurd. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I don't know. I I guess like you know, but if we're talking about someone who is on it enough that we're having you know um a cohesive conversation over the span right. of four hours then that's that's someone who is checking it interested in checking it and distracted by it um, yeah the question is is it is it you know the question is really is it the scenario that you're picturing where he's like got his kids on the floor and he's you know ch checking right. his grinder which is which is the bummer the, the, the thing is that you right. know we don't know you don't know if he was he just he at work and he's bored right. at work and you also don't know if the person you're sending booty hole pictures to is standing next to a dead body that they just murdered you can't hold <laughs> right right you can't you can't hold these ex expectations no yeah. statistically speaking oh god elliot has probably done that <laughs> be honest <laughs> what would your aunt say Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Mental note, I'm canceling my trip to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Aunt Joanne would definitely say, I've heard nice things about Michigan, but there's no deli. <laughs>
<laughs> there is Zingerman's Deli. Come to Zingerman's. Oh, where's that? In Ann Arbor? That's in Ann Arbor, Elliot. Oh, excuse uh, me. What about uh, Ann? Anne? Anne? Your Uncle Ray used to be distracted every time I breastfed. Is that the same thing as Grinders and <laughs> Oh, Ann, Ann. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. I am Elliot Glazer. Good night. <laughs> and good luck. Thank you.